Hello and welcome to Connected episode 221. It is made possible this week by our sponsors, Away, Pingdom, and Luna Display. I'm your host, Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by my two very handsome, very intelligent co-hosts. I have Mike Hurley. How are you? Oh, hi. Welcome back. Thank you. And we have the king of the Mac Mini, the mm. ruler of the dock, mm. Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi. I like these new titles that you gave me. I wanted a third one, but I couldn't think fast enough for a third one. Okay. Um, well. The Admiral of Automator. Okay. Admiral. I like that. That's a good mm, word. I like you know that English. a lot. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Admiral Vitici. Okay. Uh, I can go with that. I can go with that. Mike, are you, are you back on the show for real? Like you, 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 nah. you didn't leave the show. <laughs> no, I'm just oh, a so guest. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're just, just a, a guest. guest. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm just a guest this time. You know, because on, on this on this program, we talk about the Macintosh, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, you, you kind of feel out of place. No, it's you cool. Know, I bought one. The... I bought a Macintosh today. Oh, you bought a Macintosh computer yeah, today? Yeah, I bought a Mac uh, Mini. Which did you? Oh, yeah. so Ooh. not a performer. Okay. No, I wanted to um, be in the core club like <laughs> you guys, so I bought a Mac Mini as well. Okay, so now we can talk about the Mac Mini. Let's talk about the Mac Mini, Mike. What's your favorite feature of the Mac Mini? It hasn't Mini? come yet. It's on the way. <laughs> My favorite feature so far is how many boxes you have to tick to try and order one, even though you're not 100% sure what any of that stuff really honestly means. Like, do we I want you out. 32 gigabytes of RAM or 64? Like, okay, I don't know. So to save, to save us all some email, what did you order? Oh, oh let me see. Who knows? You want to find it? We'll come back to it in I, a second. iPod Touch. Got one of those. Okay. Um, I got a 3.2 gigahertz, 6-core, 8th generation Intel Core i7 Turbo Boost up to 4.6 gigahertz. Ooh, boy. The, that's the a good big one. one. That's mm. a lot. That's, that's, that's definitely more complicated than A12X. It's just as a thing to, to remember. Uh, I got the 32 gigabyte 266 megahertz DDR4. I've got one of those. Um, I got got the Mm -hmm. Intel UHD graphics 630, which is way better than the 620, so I'm pleased. And it's the only option on the Mac Mini. That's good. It's good. It's good. I wrote to Tim, (laughs) and he he made sure I got the right one. I got a one terabyte SSD storage, uh, and I also got a 10 gigabit gigabit Ethernet uh, paren N-based T Ethernet with support for 1 gigabyte, Mm. 2.5 gigabytes, 5 gigabytes, and 10 gigabyte Ethernet using the RJ-45 connector. Oh, good. You don't want the RJ-44. That's last year's. I like the the, the requirement to list 1 gigabyte, 2.5 gigabyte, 5 gigabyte, and 10 gigabyte. Like, I like that that needs to... Is there any others? Like is, you didn't get seven, seven gigabyte. Well, what if I need uh, seven? Also, also, it's gigabit, but that's fine. Well, leave me uh, alone. What if I need a seven now? Why <laughs> wouldn't they give? Why do I get one and two point five, but not seven? Yeah, it's complicated. It's ridiculous. And I also got an accessory kit, which I don't know what that means. Like a hat? What is what that? What is an accessory kit? I don't know. You, you get like, a wristband. Like a pin. Like a pin it just or says like, um, accessory like kit. I don't know what that is. Like, what accessories does the Mac Mini come with? You know, Federico, you joke, but in my 20th anniversary Mac I bought a couple years ago, it came with all that stuff. And you got both a pen and a pencil in this little like leather sleeve. And you got a remote. And uh, with the Mac Mini, it just means you get paperwork and a power cable. So mm. congrats, congrats on the power cable, Mike. Why do they call it an accessory kit? It's not an I accessory. I hope you'll be happy together. Like, but, I mean, they, it's not like they would just call it stuff. 
No, but like know. they don't. I don't think that they need to tell me I'm going to get a power cable. Like I, th- I, I don't yeah. know. Modern Apple. <laughs> Modern <laughs> Apple, man. <laughs> you want to be clear on that stuff. Thirty pin. Yeah. So mm. I got one of those. I started a note in Apple Notes today with like called Mac Mini Server, and I've written down a couple of things that I might want to try. Like why am I getting this? Right. Okay. So okay. Storage such as storage yes like it's all question marks right now like do i want to store project files on it i don't know um and then i got like plex and then the next bullet is how do i set that up so that's a question mark and there's casey Liss. there he is he somehow has found out and i'm sure at the this very moment has sent me a message um mm-hmm. i put in just a link to last week's episode <laughs> of this show uh so i'll listen to all of that again and all of the insane things that federico was doing with apple scripts uh, Homebridge, which is part of it, right? Like, so I can, I don't know. I don't even know what I would, can, what I would do with that. You bridge your home. Yep. Yeah. Um, sponsor, but Luna Display. I've I got a USB-C Luna Display that I'm going to use. Uh, Good. And then I started writing down, like, what are some actual tasks that I could use? So, like, for example, right. I was going to, I was, I did an episode of Subnet a couple of weeks ago. I stood in for you. And I was thinking, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll edit this on my iPad, right? I'll record and edit this on my iPad because this is this is the thing that the kids do today. But then I was like, I do some pre-processing of audio files in Adobe Audition, and I don't know how to get those results in anything else. So I would have had to have pre-processed them on my Mac, and then by the time that I did that, I just decided to do it all on my Mac. But with a Mac yeah. Mini and something like the Luna display, I could just... You do all of that stuff on the Mac, right? Like I could record it on iOS, put it in Dropbox, mm-hmm. process it in Audition, and then just edit it on on my on my iPad. So you're going to run this Mac Mini headless? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I have a. Uh, I'm going to send you a link to this. I'm googling now. Uh, you want a? Tell me what I want. Basically, a headless HDMI adapter, or the Mac Mini will, or Mac OS will basically keep the resolution super low. Mm-hmm. which is uh, really is dumb. Okay. And so you want this thing. It's $8 on Amazon Prime. I'm putting it in the chat room so you can see it and put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes uh, via our friends at uh, Mac Stadium. So they recommend this. Uh, it basically tricks your Mac into running at 1080, which make it a little bit easier on the Luna display as well. Uh, you should buy this and just plug it into the HDMI port. It seems weird. But, you know, it is. It is what it is. But if you're going to use remote desktop access, this is... A handy thing to have. Okay, let me see if we have it on in the UK Amazon. Yep. Oh, it's still a lot more expensive, but what you gonna do? Yeah. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Can't do anything about that. It's twenty pounds. So there's that. Yeah. Uh. So that's uh that's your Mac Mini. Mm-hmm. Please let us know when it gets in. We're very excited for you. <laughs> it's like special. Uh, do it like a special report. We'll do an episode yes. immediately. We'll just do an immediate like a bonus episode yep. as you unbox it. What, Mike, while we're talking to you about hardware, I know you have spent some fi- some time with the iPhone XR. How is that going? Yeah, it's good. Uh, I would say I haven't been spending extended time with it. Like I spent a bunch of time with it when I got it, and I play around with it every now and then. And I think, you know, the XR, I mean, this isn't new to anybody really, but I think that it is a very, very solid phone. I don't know how... I don't know how actually popular this thing is. Um, uh, there are a lot of people that I think right now are trying to say that it's not popular. I think Apple's trying to say that it's their best selling, right? Like it seems like there's a lot of 
there's a lot of stuff going on about this thing right now. Aren't they giving like they're doing like some kind of crazy like three hundred dollar off promotion if you bring in an old phone, right? If you bring in like a seven or seven plus, I think. Yeah, I mean, doesn't that seem weird? Yeah, it does. I think there's something to the story about the 10R. There's something going on. Uh, you know, next time they announce their their sales, you know, unit sales, then we'll know. Oh, yeah, uh, they yeah. don't do that anymore, yeah. do they? But like, it's right there on the homepage, like at the very top, limited time iPhone 10R from four hundred forty nine dollars. But anyway, whatever the reason is, I think. The 10R is a great phone. Uh, I love the color of it, right? Like I got the coral one and I love it. And mm-hmm. in my usage of it, everything that you think would be a downside, it turns out is mostly fine, right? Like the screen is incredible. The bezels, you they once you've used it for more than an hour, like in my opinion, like I don't notice that the bezel th- bezels are thicker. Um, I definitely notice that it is the phone overall is thicker. Um, like I can, I can feel that, especially if you put a case on it, right? Like that, that makes it much bigger. Um, but it is, I think it is great. And the, the dual purpose of buying this one was so I could kind of just get to understand it. The second is it's going to my mom for Christmas. So she's going to be getting my Coral iPhone 10 R, uh, this Christmas with the clear case that finally Apple has given me the point that I wanted. Uh, and they have delivered to the world the... <laughs> The clear case. Are you buying one? I will buy one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think... Because okay. I, I stand by the fact that, like, if you're going to buy a phone that's in a color, like like a big bright color like this, you want to show it off. Again, I still say I wish they made a clear case for the uh, 10s because yeah. I have a gold phone that mm-hmm. I love the color of, but I'm too scared to... I'm too much of a chicken to not, to, to, to not have a case on it. So. Oh, no, nothing bad has ever happened. To, from yeah carrying a phone without a case is that true don't ask me about my last two phones yeah how is this one them. doing have you dropped it have you broken it i've not dropped it it definitely has some scratches on the screen yeah. i think from the little brass nubbin on my jeans just like my iphone 10 had but it's fine I'll, otherwise. i'll tell you like a couple of days ago my phone took a took a fall that would have destroyed it if i didn't have a case on it like screen oh, yeah. down onto marble floor Mm, right that, from uh, my standing height, like that would have destroyed it. And if I wouldn't have had that case on yeah. it, that phone would be dead now. the The Apple case looks exactly what how you would expect it to look. Right, it's clear yep. plastic. There's a funny thing on the at least right now on Apple's store online that they have the product imagery. There's two product red phones. Like they just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened there. Some sort of data entry issue. It seems like if you want a clear plastic case, there are, are much cheaper options. This thing is forty bucks. But if you want to, I guess a first party case. This is now out there for you. It's really weird. I would like. I was looking at the homepage uh, that Mike said. Uh, there's actually like a whole section that says limited time iPhone 10R. Like it's. I've never seen Apple do this kind you of. See, it's, it's so strange before. to see. Isn't it's very it? weird. It looks like. A, it looks like any. Um, any e-commerce website <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. It's 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 not Apple at all. Like limited time. It's like an offer. Apple doesn't do offers. Yeah, and there's like an asterisk by the number, and I know I know why it's there, yeah. right? But it's still kind of it all just seems really strange. And it might be nothing, right? Like it might just be whatever they're just doing it. It's like a holiday promotion, but it's it's still like a, just a strange thing. But I will tell you, right? Like if you have like a, an iPhone 7 or something or maybe an iPhone maybe even an iPhone 8 getting one of these for $450 that is a great deal like 
That oh, is yeah. a very, very good deal. So, But it's still strange to see Apple do a very, very good deal. Right, like it's just like a weird thing to see, especially when you look at like their unforgettable holiday event, which was just like a back storeroom clean out. Did you you saw that right? Like their their Thanksgiving stuff. It was like a bunch of old phones and iPads and old Macs. It was like really weird. Like they was like, oh, why don't you buy the ten point five inch iPad, or why don't you buy this iPhone seven? Like here's our incredible holiday event. Like it was not a great holiday event. So. It just seems strange for them to then do something like this, but uh, probably to the benefit of many people, right? Like, I can imagine there being more iPhone XRs under the Christmas tree this way. You know, I wasn't supposed to say anything, but I guess it's past now, so I can. For that that Black Friday Thanksgiving thing when they had a bunch of older devices for sale, they actually um, they actually came to me <laughs> and, we need some and said... <laughs> We need some iBooks, <laughs> and uh, if you have like a 3GS or two, that'd be great. Uh, I did not have a white iPhone 4, but no one did, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel I, I can now say that I'm proud to have been part of Apple's Black Friday specials. Okay. It's a shame I didn't see those. Those ones must have gone really quickly. They did. They even have it like uh, on the main iPhone page, like apple.com slash iPhone. Get up to $500 for your iPhone. Trade in your iPhone and get credit towards a new one. And get extra credit for select iPhone models. That's what they're doing right now. So it's even more than the regular give back. They're, they're adding, they're boosting it to. Hmm. It's strange. It is strange. Do you know what's not strange? Our first sponsor. Indeed. Let's talk about Away. They have the perfect gift for everyone on your holiday list this season. Away make smart premium suitcases, which means that your luggage will never have to cost more than your plane ticket. When you buy an Away suitcase, you will get included a battery. It's got some USB ports right there, so you will be able to charge your devices when you travel. In fact, you could charge a phone up to five times from a single charge of the included battery in Away's carry-ons, which you can very easily pop out of the carry-on and Take with you wherever you go on your trip so you'll always have that battery when you need it. Go to awaytravel.com slash connected and you can browse their away, uh, their suitcase offerings. They all feature German po- uh, polycarbonate, which is unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. They have a patent-pending compression system, which is great if you're an overpacker. Four 360-degree spinner wheels, TSA combination locks, and a removable lo- washable laundry bag. This is what you'll find in away suitcases. There are five sizes for you to choose from and they have over 10 colors. They have two carry-on sizes they have like two kind of big suitcase sizes and they also have a kids carry-on size as well uh, away cut out the middleman so you can get first class luggage at coach prices big fan of my away suitcases uh, we have three of them in our household now and i'm actually going to be replacing my big suitcase of an away case too as well because i love all of the little features i love the compression system i'm a big fan of the laundry bag like that it seems like such a simple thing but when you get back from a trip just being able to take all of the clothes from the laundry bag and just dump them straight into the hamper makes unpacking a lot faster because you're not like sorting through everything like what needs to be washed and what doesn't. Away believe in the quality of their products, which is why they offer a lifetime guarantee. If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for life. And they have a 100-day trial with a no-questions-asked return policy. And Away do free shipping on any order within the lower 48 states of the U.S., but they do ship to many destinations worldwide. Because this season, everyone wants to get away, you should go to awaytravel.com connected and use the code connected at checkout to get $20 off any of their suitcases. That's awaytravel.com slash connected and the code connected for $20 off. Our thanks to Away for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So uh, MKBHD broke the internet 
a couple of days ago yeah. <laughs> with the a video called the blind smartphone camera test. So did you guys see this? He was putting up voting on yes. Instagram and Twitter. Did you did do you both participate? Yep. Uh, yes. Only some of them, okay. I didn't keep up with the entire thing, but yeah. So I was as well. So he was basically, he took like 16 phones and took pictures of all of them, like, and then basically allowed people to vote on Twitter and on Instagram for which photo looked the best, um, and then made a video about his findings, and it is absolutely nothing that you would ever expect it to be it's wild like mm-hmm. the winner ended mm-hmm. up being the uh is it the Huawei Mate 20 no the um, yeah the yeah. Mate 20 Pro Mate maybe. 20 Pro that's it having beat out the uh, Xiaomi Poco phone that was the final it was yes. the iPhone 10s the iPhone 10 and the Pixel 3 all got beat in their first round. The iPhone 10s got beat got beat by a BlackBerry. Like it was <laughs> bonkers. It was it was really really surprising um and I think it led to some really interesting kind of conclusions about about the way that people consume images on their phones because effectively as as uh, Marquez says in his video which you should watch it's really nicely done. Um, it's effectively what won was which image was the brightest, which had the most contrast. Or like that, that was all the winning factor really was because of mm-hmm. compression on images. Um, and also just because you don't really, and I saw this as well, like people saying that like, you don't know what the subject actually looked like. So if it's just brighter, then great, you can, that's just going to be the image that most people tend to gravitate towards. Yeah. And even and even though people people usually cannot separate like what is exposure, what is contrast, they know what they like. They mm-hmm. have like we as humans, we we like our pictures to be in a certain way because they're just nicer to look at. And I think uh, this was a fun project and really fascinating to see the results because it uh, really there's the takeaway here is that um, when it comes to posting on social media. Um, there are different factors at play on what makes a, a good picture uh, because there's, of course, compression involved. Um, there's some image artifacts. But really, um, when you're sharing with tons of people, uh, a, a shareable photo, a nice shareable photo, does not necessarily mean that it's a high-fidelity uh, photo that respects all of the photographic rules, if that makes sense. Like, nice pictures for for Instagram and Twitter are not necessarily perfect, but people can still like them better than a super accurate photo taken on a 10s, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, and it, I think it's interesting. I think it's funny when you see something like this because it's like, this wasn't what he was attempting to do. Like when when he started this project, you know, it was like, oh, great, let's see whether people like the Pixel or the iPhone 10 yeah, the most, right. right, in a blind right. test. But what it ended up being was these two phones that are mostly disregarded that were battling it out for the win. Like it's such an interesting result. Um, but as you say, like it, it shows a little bit about what people gravitate towards it's it's just really int- I just find the whole thing really interesting. Like I don't I don't really I don't have my own personal like mind blowing takeaway from it, but I think it 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 just says it says something, and I'm not 100 percent sure what that is. Mm. Right? Like 
what would it be like if I was looking at those phone, those images in full resolution? Would I change my mind? Honestly, I don't know if I would. Mm. Um, what I think is interesting is that if you recall what happened with um, Beautygate mm-hmm. <laughs> and the iPhone XS, um, there's a there's a fascinating difference when changes to a photo are to the camera are forced upon you by the manufacturer versus a photo that is not accurate but you took it like you made the decision to took that photo because if you look at those photos that that MK, uh, mkbhd posted some of some of them are not accurate accurate pictures uh they they you know they're either overexposed mm-hmm. or they're lacking details in the background um but it's not a bug like he took those photos so Normally, what I'm trying to say is that people apply things like beauty filters. Or even if you look at, you know, like I, I follow a bunch of like photographers, like professional photographers on Instagram, and they all process their photos in Visco, right? Like and add, exactly. and add these like yeah. wild color yeah. filters and stuff to yeah. them to make them look more visually impressive. So I think it's interesting that people are okay with these kinds of filters, like beauty filters or smoothing filters, yep. when they decide yes. to use them. Yeah. But if they're on by default, they get upset, mm-hmm. and it's a beauty gate. I think it's fascinating, like a like a human behavior. It's very very fascinating. Yeah, like there's a reason that there are a million of these smoothing filters in Instagram and in uh, Snapchat, right? Like yeah. in the in the face yeah. stuff, because people want to use them all the time. But but if the camera's doing it for them, whether yes. whether whether intended or not, now it's like how how dare you? But yeah, exactly. super interesting. Um, and I guess we should all all be using the uh, Huawei Mate Twenty Pro now. Oh yeah, I I I switched already. Didn't didn't I tell you guys? Uh, Mac Stories is no more. Huawei no, Stories. All, no no Mate Stories. Mate Stories. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, that's uh, okay. that's what I'm going for i love it's it a, it's sort of a um also i'm i'm i've fired all of my employees and i'm just hiring uh british people because of the you know mate uh fits better oh um, interesting you know? that wasn't oh my god i just got an ad for the huawei mate 20 pro on well, on mac rumors i just opened up the next link it's, and um, i and i have a i have an ad right there it says welcome to, those to a higher intelligence man yeah the, chrome the is listening. listening to you oh man i need to turn i need to unplug all of my devices now see you later guys this is it for me time to change time to change your house <laughs> this is really interesting because we live in a world where like most photos are shot and then shared on a smartphone and they never escape past that mm-hmm. right like I, I would imagine that if he had done a video where he also voted on like prints of some sort that the you know the more traditional smartphones like the iPhone and the Pixel would do better yeah, there. Or even if it was like he showed those images in a video as opposed to like or, on yeah, Twitter, non-compressed, yeah, non-compressed. But I mean, think about the pictures like the three of us take. Where do we share them? Like yeah, Instagram, exactly, or Twitter, right? Like they're gonna get compressed to Kingdom Come, and in that world, what his findings. Uh, ended up being make a lot of sense. It's surprising initially, but he did a really good job explaining it, and I totally see why it ended up being the way that it was. In fact, as he was going through the examples, talking about them, as he was talking about them, I was voting against the phone in my own pocket. I was voting against the Pixel. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this does look better in this context. Like I, I, I remember like the the images that I voted for, and they were all brighter. They were all had more colors mm. in because that tends to be. What I like most humans like, and it's it's just so, a funny thing. 
I don't know if I said this on the show before, but I, I sort of have a confession uh, to make. I don't always like how pictures from the iPhone XS look. Same. Um, oh, really? I think older iPhones used to be punchier, used to produce... I don't know, everything just looks a bit flat to me with the XS, unless I have really, really good lighting or mm. I'm at the park and it's super sunny. I, I like I prefer most of the pictures that I that I took on the iPhone 10 or the iPhone 7 even they were more contrasty more you know they had more punch than what I normally shot on the i uh, shoot on the iPhone 10s um and I don't know what I'm doing wrong I tried with uh, smart HDR enabled and disabled it just there's something that the software is doing, and I think Nilay Patel was also complaining about this a few months ago. And I, and I'm starting to see it now because whenever I look at pictures from from the Pixel Three, for example, I'm like, yeah, that picture has contrast, has really good lighting, as you know, it packs a punch. It's 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 got something. It's got that kick right in the image that those colors and that contrast. And the iPhone XS, it always looks... I mean, it can take beautiful pictures, but it 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 happens less frequently than it used to happen before. Um, and I, I'm not trying to say that I'm going to switch to the Google Pixel and stuff like that, but um, it just... Whatever Apple did with the software, I don't think I'm 100% happy with it mm. um, because it's... it's In trying to to cast detail on every single point of the photo... And this is especially true with Smart HDR. It makes everything a bit too flat and a bit too soft and a bit too plasticky, if that makes sense. It makes a ton of sense. I agree with you. In fact, I have turned off Smart HDR on my XS Max. I don't like the way, especially the outdoor photos look. Hmm. I should try again with HDR off. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it off and mm-hmm. it still does stuff, right? But it, it's it's dialed back some and... It, it looks more like the older iPhones, but even now with the setting off, some of those outdoor photos like look too HDRE for mm. my, I think that, I think that's what you're seeing and what you don't like as well. Yeah. It's like, okay, like uh, the sky should not be blue in this picture. And like, if you like that, that's fine. I don't like it. I want it to be more accurate. And so I, I've, I feel the same way you do. Absolutely. It, yeah. It's very random. There's not like a, like a, like a thing that I can say it always does this, uh, but every once in a while and actually every few days I take a picture and I'm like, it's, it's a bit flat. It's the, like the colors are muted and it doesn't have the kind of contrast that I remember when I took the picture. Um, that said, I can take some beautiful pictures with the XS, especially when like, I'm in direct sunlight and I'm at the park. There's tons of vivid colors. Uh, and th- in that situation, um, it takes some great shots. Uh, but it's something that I noticed, and especially when, when looking at the reviews for the Pixel 3 and looking at you know image comparisons, like w- when The Verge did the photo comparisons between the XS and the Pixel 3, I tend to prefer every single photo of the pixel 3 version um it just looks better to me all right so a so. bunch of stuff here um so i would say that i prefer the google pixel 95 percent of the time um mm. at some point we will talk about <laughs> my pixel 3 at some point okay. we will get to it not today not today okay. 
at some point we need to get to it. And I even have like a comparison album that I put together. We will get to this at some point. But I, I will say that I disagree with both of you personally about the iPhone's camera. Um, I would say that I have not noticed like how you two have described like the flat nature of images. Like I just, I, I have not seen that. And like I'm looking at images that I've taken over the last week and, and I don't really look at any of them and be like, oh, that doesn't look right. Uh, but the thing is, with Smart HDR, I have I take more images now where I go, oh, wow, I love that. So for whatever reason, my tastes, right, align with what Smart HDR is doing. Like, I, I like the big, bold, blue skies and all that. You know, like, I like all of that stuff. It looks pleasing to me. So... Mm. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm not in any way saying that I think like you're wrong, but because it's all the personal taste thing. But I, I would just say that for me personally, I I much prefer the smart HDR stuff, but always prefer uh, the Pixel Three pretty much as to what it, what it can do. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I, my my guess is Federico and I are in the minority. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 difficult to tell, right? Like, how are we? You know. How would we even know that? Um, yeah. But but I you know I I think that this is only a thing that you can know after a while, and and I think that I remain really happy with the the new camera stuff. I'm also using portrait mode more and more. Um, oh yeah, that I am as well. Yeah, it's getting so much better, um, especially for like images shared on Instagram, for example. Like if I am ever taking, I don't take a lot of selfies, right? But like. If I ever do now, I always take at least one portrait mode image as well. Um, because, again, it's like if you're sharing it on Instagram or whatever, like it ends up looking pretty good for Instagram, you know? Mm-hmm. So. But the Pixel's still better at that as well. All right, we'll talk about it, Mike. Don't worry. I, I will not forget. No, because I, I want to. We just, we, just haven't, we just haven't gotten to it, but we will. We will. We have some breaking news. Oh, dear. Can someone do a breaking news sound effect? Is that the sound of breaking news? Yep. That's a terrible All right. sound. It is. Yes. Okay. That sounds like news is broken. Breaking news. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Isn't that what happens? iOS landmark release. A release that we would tell our children about. iOS 12.1.1 is out. It does some things, including... Notification preview now uses haptic touch on the iPhone XR. They've slowly been adding haptics to things uh, as they go. Better dual SIM and eSIM support. Live photo capture during one-to-one FaceTime calls. And perhaps the biggest thing, you can now flip between the rear and front-facing camera during a FaceTime call with one tap, like you used to be able to do. And they put it behind a menu, which was super dumb. Uh, a couple of days and ago, now they have fixed that. I had to listen to a friend explain to a family member how to do it, and it said, "You will hang up the call, but that's okay." <laughs> and it was like, "Yes, oh, no. you will hang up the call, <laughs> right?" Because when you go into that menu, you have to get rid of the menu, and the only way to get rid of the menu that seems logical is the big red X button. But no, that hangs yeah, up the call. Very, very uh, so bad. I'm very pleased that they have added this feature because I'm sure that it has been driving people berserk right like we're trying to because i would assume that probably the biggest use of facetime is calls between family members of varying ages and locations 
And any change to the UI in an application like that is going to ruin everything for everyone, right? Like, if, if you make a big change, like, oh, now this button that you use is hidden, everyone's going to get that wrong. No one's going to know what they're doing, right? So I'm pleased that they put this back in again because it was much needed. Yeah, I don't know why they changed it. But so um, that's all good news. I have been uh, burned by this on a FaceTime call with my family. Mm-hmm. Exactly what you said mm-hmm. happened. One of my kids tried swapping it around. They just hung up on me. I also have, sorry, guys, some breaking news. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> shortcuts <laughs> shortcuts 2.1.2 is out on the App Store. Okay. Um, there's a whole list of bug fixes here. Oh, yeah. Some of which, some of which may have been... You know, some of those bugs were caused by yours truly, uh, but I will not go into detail here. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying that I somehow broke shortcuts, but, you know, um, but it's a story it, for another time. It has been <laughs> prophesied that one may. <laughs> it, has, it has been brought to my attention that some of my shortcuts were causing issues. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, performance improvements all around the app so the widget will no longer crash if you have one of my <laughs> base 64 shortcuts That's in, good. The, in, <laughs> in the widget uh, iCloud sync improvements let's see, I'm looking at release notes uh, new- I have a complaint oh. I have a complaint okay. about the release notes in the app store I'm just going to read what the app store says bullet point, bug fixes and improvements no period, return Learn more and see the full list of changes at blah, blah, blah. Support to apple.com slash HT209087. Apple, that is not a link. I cannot click this and open a browser. That's true. Put the notes in the app store. What are you doing, Shortcuts team? Be better than this. Listen to the old man. He's got a point. Um, Eva, my, my feeling is Eva, uh, put, have it be a clickable link. Put them in there or don't do it. We will put the link in the show notes because we're better than the shortcuts team at um, explaining things. I think it's ironic that um, the first new feature at the top of the release oh, no. notes is oh, no. <laughs> added a new post to Tumblr action. Has to be clean, <laughs> clean content, everyone. Clean content. Uh, yeah. so, um, Tumblr is well, dying I mean, now, right? Like this is going to kill Tumblr. The fact that there will be no more butts on Tumblr, right? Like that's that's the end of it, right? It's got to be right. Like I feel I, like I, it can't be good for Tumblr. I don't um, I don't follow uh, adult content creators on Tumblr, but mm-hmm. I, I I am familiar with the with the idea that uh, that content is popular mm-hmm. on Tumblr, and most people use it for that. So yes, I'm pretty sure that uh, Tumblr is owned by o- Oath. What's, what's no. the name? Oath. <laughs> Oath. Isn't it Alibaba? <laughs> Who owns Yahoo now? Uh, no. Oath. Oath is Verizon, Who right? Who owns Tumblr? But doesn't is Yahoo Oath- own Tumblr? No, uh, let's look at well, Wikipedia. It's complicated, Mike. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Relationship uh, status, it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Uh, more bug fixes while Steven looks it up. Um, let's see, for example. Uh, yeah, it's owned by Oath. Yeah. An Oath. Oath is Verizon. With it, right? with, is, is part of Verizon. It serves as the umbrella company to its digital content subdivisions, including AOL, Yahoo, with an exclamation point, Verizon's other businesses. Oh, okay. So, as Zach says in the chat room, Verizon owns Oath. Oath owns Yahoo. Yahoo owns Tumblr. Right? Yes. It's like how it goes through the little chain of command this is a, there. This is a, a corporate corporate Russian doll. Uh, it's what it is. A uh, uh, Matryoshka. <laughs> Matryoshka? A, 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 a Matryoshka. 
I think. Matryoshka. That's the Russian nesting dolls. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steven, what's um, what's next on our list here? Uh, so 12.1.1. Yeah, that's out. Shortcuts out. Dual Sim support, I will test. Um, I, okay. I actually, um, well, not dual sim, like e sim, not a physical sim, uh, physical dual sim. If you want to get that phone, you got to go to Hong Kong, and I don't want to go to it's Hong Kong. It's not worth it, buy. really. Uh, it's not really honest. worth it, I think. But I will try again a test that I did a few weeks ago, and we wanted to talk about it, but then we delayed the topic a bunch of times. Um, eSIM support on iOS 12. Uh, I want to try at least two apps. I only tried TruePhone the first time, and I think the other company, what's the name, GigSky, maybe, they have an app update now that allows you to buy eSIM plans. Uh, so I will try it again with 12.1.1, which is already... I think I installed the beta on my phone last week to fix my iCloud issues. That didn't work, but um, I will up, uh, update to the public release and try the eSIM again, and I will report back. As follow-up to last week, are your iCloud issues resolved yet? Uh, no. Oh, no. Whoa. They are really? not. And yeah, my, uh, for example, right now, uh, reminders on my phone says that one reminder is due today. And reminders on the Mac says that three reminders are due today. Nobody replied to my radar. Um, and, you know, um, I don't know what's going on. I have, an, I have a feeling that um, it's something on my Wi-Fi network at this point. Uh, because if Apple, if Apple can figure it out, and I did re- multiple resets and, uh, you know, installing a new version of iOS, uh, logging in and out of, of iCloud... Um, I noticed something yesterday that reminders were not were not updating on my phone, but when I turned off the Wi-Fi, they did. And I have a feeling that some somewhere in my local network, uh, either my setup or my ISP, are doing something to iCloud Sync. Um, this is just a hunch. I'm not. I'm not convinced because I only noticed this behavior once. Um, but I need to look into it. And I know that Apple has a support page where they suggest which uh, ports on your um, router that you need to open for um, that. Basically, that Apple software uses. Um, so I will check that out, and I will. I will see what I have to do. But it's kind of weird because I've never had these kinds of issues before and i and i haven't changed isp or my setup in years so if it's a if it's a network problem that's a new that's a new thing because it never never happened before now that would be really weird yeah i know uh but i'm and it's super weird that at this point everything else works like messages they sync fine photos they sync fine um backups are working um, everything else iCloud related is working. My, um, what's it called? The text replacements, they are back and fully functioning. Like everything else is fine. Just reminders, which is the app that I use the most, is not working. It's not syncing my reminders across devices. I don't know what else I need to do. Uh, again, I don't want to switch task managers again. So <laughs> I would say, man, I, I know I understand that like reminders is, is like is working for you and, and that kind of stuff. But like uh, after a situation like this, I, I, I wouldn't stick with it. I wouldn't. I would I would have to move. Right. Like 
for me, with the way that I use my uh, to-do system, if I am not confident that everything I put into it is being recorded properly, then it is useless. Same. Like, and and this is not a criticism on you, like because we all everybody works differently. But I, I just say, like, I am surprised if you want to stick with it if this doesn't get resolved any quicker than it currently is. The 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 thing the the weird thing is that I don't know how to best explain this. Um, so right now my reminders are not synchronized between my iPhone and my Mac, mm. but at some point today. They will be. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. At some point, I will make a change either on my iPad or my phone again, and it will trigger sync. So last week, I told Stephen, like, I'm completing the same reminders twice or I'm moving them twice. Mm-hmm. Now I just yeah. need to wait a <laughs> bit longer because at some point that is out of my control, they will be synchronized. So it um, does sync. But eventually, but very, <laughs> very slowly, soon, but not yet, right? <laughs> yes. The rest of us, our iCloud accounts are on servers. Federico's, it's like a status board, and there's some interns at Apple. And it's like, oh, he marked off this list, and you have to like run over there and check it off over here. There's a human being in the middle of your iCloud account. There's like a Trello board yeah. somewhere that is just all of your reminders, <laughs> and they're moving them around for you. Yeah. It's slow. Because they went to lunch. Like, oh, no, he did stuff we were gone. <laughs> Last week after the show, um, I realized, well, maybe the problem is that I have too many completed reminders in my completed list. And I looked and there were like 950 reminders. So I was like, okay, so maybe that's too many. Um, so I tried, I put together a shortcut uh, on iOS to delete the completed reminders and it failed after deleting about 400. So I needed to go to my Mac and steal an Apple script from Dr. Drang to delete the remaining 540-something reminders. Mm. But that also didn't fix the problem. Um, so I uh, now I don't have my complete reminders anymore, and the problem is still there. And it's super weird because eventually it works. And like right now, if I add a new reminder on my phone, it will show up on my Mac instantly. But some of the reminders that I complete or that I reschedule to another date, they will not sync. Uh, for a few hours. It's like, no, man, we don't want to sync. Uh, we just, just, you know, just I chill. can't yeah. fathom how <laughs> it is like selectively syncing. It doesn't make I sense to no me. I have no idea. I have no idea. What no is idea. going on? It's like, oh, yeah, didn't you know? Like, we, we keep it on two different servers. All of the entered <laughs> tasks go over here, and all of the completed tasks go and, over here. And I double-checked, right? Uh, I was like, maybe... At some point in the past, I was testing some weird automation and I created a reminder that has like a base 64 <laughs> string as an attachment. But, but no, I didn't do that. Uh, of all the things I've base 64 in the past few months, <laughs> reminders are not one of them. And uh, all my reminders are pretty basic, like text Mike or respond to John, like stuff like that. It's, I don't have these com- these complex structures of projects, right? I, I got like ten lists, and mm-hmm. that's it. And two of them are shared with Sylvia. Like it's very, it's a very basic setup. Um, so basic, it doesn't even sync. That's how basic it is. Yeah, boy, so, boy, oh boy. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I really hope that this gets fixed for you because I would be losing my mind. I know you've had some real dark days uh, <laughs> during all of this and I would be uh, just losing it. I feel like I'm in a better place now. I've accepted my fate of uh, reminders are not going to work well right now. Um, I want to remain optimistic that, that somebody at Apple is listening to this program and they will fix my problems. Uh, but um, You know what concerns me? Hmm. It hasn't been fixed yet. Yeah, that that that's how it's concerned. Because and <laughs> all right, usually so we they need get to, back to you. <laughs> yeah, we need to just like we have to lift the curtain a minute. History okay. has shown that if any of us have these big issues and and talk about it enough, like you tweet about it, you talk about it on a show or two, usually someone gets in contact with you and they're like, yeah. All right. Let's see if we can fix this for you. And yeah. there is definite benefit to this, right? Because we are power users. We use things maybe more than the average person. And if someone can work out how to fix this, it might be a bug that they can fix for everyone. You know, that kind of thing. There is definite benefit to it. Um, but it's also one of the perks of, of having a, a popular podcast, right? No one's done anything yet, <laughs> right? Like, you're still having this problem. Uh, mm. That is concerning to me. Yeah. Um, and also, I think I mentioned um, last week, just as an extended follow-up, that I was having trouble installing updates from the App Store yep. and um, and uh, buying in-app purchases. Um, that issue is fixed, but I needed to get in touch separately with iTunes Store support. Um because apparently my account, my Apple ID, was getting locked for security reasons for um, just uh, during normal usage. This is something that I, that I did. The iTunes Store senior advisor I was put in touch with said uh, that it may happen that during normal usage, your account goes through a security screening and gets locked. And so you can no longer update certain apps or buy in-app purchases. Again, super weird. I could buy paid upfront apps. I could not buy in-app purchases or install some updates. Uh, Got in touch with iTunes support. They fixed it. The issue happened again two days later. Got in touch again. They fixed it. And now, and now we're at today. So um, the lady was very nice. Uh, she said that... Um, they they did something to my account to make sure that it doesn't happen again, but that it may also happen again. So that's kind of confusing. Um, but yeah, it's it's not been a good couple of weeks in terms of uh, teaching Apple software. I gotta tell you, a uh, bunch of weird problems. It's weird to me because why? Like, what's going? Something bad's going on for you. Like, <laughs> I can't. I can't assume that those two things are not related in some way. They've got to be. I, I don't know. It looks like they're not. Uh, it looks like they are two separate problems. Can I ask one quick question? Yeah. Do you have your time set automatically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't do those things okay. with um, with the date and stuff like that. Maybe it's, uh, I mean, I know you don't use auto brightness. Maybe that's the problem. I do, actually. Do you I use do it now? now? Oh yeah! Oh, that's good. Been news. using it, been using it for like a year. I got tired of managing, uh, like uh, adjusting the brightness the micromanaging of screen brightness is just not something I want in my life. You know? Yeah, yeah. I stopped doing that. Good. Am I 
misremembering, but didn't you move to a new iCloud account like four years ago? Like, mm. I feel like we've talked about this before and you like set up a new iCloud account and just moved everything. It was a long time ago. Maybe it's time to do that again. I have literally zero memory of this. I have no memory of this. This this feels like it's new information to me completely. So um, I'm one of those people that has two separate accounts on an iOS device. So I have my iCloud account that I use for everything. Yeah, except and your purchases account. the iTunes yeah. uh, iTunes and App Store, yeah. Yeah, Adina so. has this too, and it's because it's because of like she set up a Romanian account originally, right? And uh, that's where all her purchases yep. were because you couldn't use a Romanian card on a British account, that kind of thing. She ended yep. up moving it all uh, because, like most regular people, just doesn't buy a ton of apps. So like, they were, it wasn't like a huge financial investment for her to switch over. Um, it was just a pain, right? Like to download all of the apps again because you end up with that thing where it's like, oh, hey, you have to switch account to update this application. And yeah, but uh, okay, well... I look forward to the long-term follow-up um, of Federico's iCloud issues. Maybe the third iCloud account is the charm. Nah, no, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Have you thought about like just switching to Android? <laughs> I'm not one of those people. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom are awesome because they help keep your sites and the sites you love online. They monitor your website so you don't have to and will give you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. Things break every single day on the internet. In fact, Pingdom detect more than 400,000 website outages every single day and this is just on the sites that they're already monitoring. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you need alerts about critical website issues. Pingdom will let you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of an outage, plus they'll track and analyze your website's load time and give you a report so you can see what's going on and you can also see exactly what it is that's affecting any uh, user experience issues on your site. If you have a website of any size, you need Pingdom. They have a no-fuss approach to get started. You just give them the URL that you want to monitor and they'll take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a wonderful 30% of your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. On Connected, we like to check back in with stuff we have been using for a while, and Shortcuts has been out now. Sorry, I thought I would download (laughs) a new new segment jingle for you there. The check back in? You did the sound effect as you were saying that. That was incredible. (laughs) It's like they're it's like two a, mics. You're like a, like, a, like a ventriloquist. Yeah, no, no. I hired someone <laughs> that I have just standing here uh, ready to was, make oh, the sound effect whenever I need it. Oh, so, so somebody, somebody's looking at you while you do the show. Yeah, Sound Effect Sammy is, the name, is their name. Sound Effect mm. Sammy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, that's not creepy at all. Mm-hmm. So this week, in whatever this segment is called, we're talking about shortcuts. How do you not know what it's called? I just, I just played the jingle. It's called the check, check back, back in. in. Come on. The check back in. <laughs> so we're checking back in on shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And Federico, you wrote a lot of things in the doc, so why don't you go first? Eh, there are not a lot of things. You've seen my reviews. But uh, yes, um, so I wanted to... I, I asked you guys this question last night. Uh, why don't we check back in and on how we... Yes, on how... Thank you, Sammy. On how we are using the Shortcuts app and the Siri Shortcuts for apps on, on iOS 12. And I want to talk about the Shortcuts app first. Uh, 
I've been impressed so far um, with the work of the Shortcuts team in adding new actions, um, especially with the 12.1 release that added the weather actions and the, and the clock and measurement actions. Uh, but also the, you know, the sharing improvements for iCloud, those actually work for me. Um, and the, the bug fixes, the performance improvements, like all the, the general maintenance of Shortcuts. Um, I was afraid uh, coming into iOS 12 and, uh, and Shortcuts 2.0 that it was going to stay untouched. Yeah. for months yeah. and and that has that has not happened so far uh you know they the the team is still listening to feedback um and they are like they still keep the test flight beta going so i don't know if at this point you know with the with the latest release that we just mentioned they got rid of a lot of bugs that were affecting the app now um going into the new year will we see any major shortcuts uh feature features before wwdc I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, mostly because I think most teams at Apple, they institutionally, they tend to save big features for WWDC because it's it's their thing, right? It's their their conference. It's where the software, the new software, happens. So, will shortcuts get stuff like folders or you know auto triggers before WWDC? I don't know. Will it get new actions and some new features? Maybe. Um, that said, I wanted to go over with you two um, our usage of the Shortcuts app before we talk about Siri Shortcuts for apps. Um, and personally, um, I mean, I'm still using Shortcuts a lot. A lot. It's probably the my most used app, uh, you know, except for maybe my text editor where I write. Um, there's new ways that I'm using shortcuts and old ways that I'm using it for. Um, new ways include HomeKit controls. So the new HomeKit integration, uh, the ability to run uh, scenes. Uh, I'm using that a lot. I put together a lot of shortcuts that trigger specific scenes or trigger things together, like multiple scenes in a row or, uh, for example, commands on the Mac Mini, as I talked about with Steven last week, in addition to HomeKit scenes. And I'm using these shortcuts as widgets and also as icons on the home screen uh, for easy access. Um, uh, and there are also old ways that I'm using shortcuts, like a, like a more powerful version of workflow, because that's what it is. Like my shortcuts to add um, device frames to screenshots, or my, the the shortcuts that I have for accessing reminders when when they are synchronized on my phone. Um, shortcuts for Mac Mini automation. Uh, shortcuts for you know for Apple Script, for example. Now I can change the volume of my HomePods from Shortcuts and Siri, and and I find myself uh, using the Siri integration a lot. So the ability to to run a custom shortcut inside Siri that I'm using quite frequently, especially for shortcuts that do something in the background or produce something without user interaction in Siri because that's not supported yet anyway. Uh, so overall, I would say that I'm using the new actions like measurement, for example, uh, that I'm using a lot. I'm happy with the with the fixes, especially in the latest, in the latest release that has been in beta for, uh, for a few weeks at this point. Um, the new in system integrations like HomeKit, they're really convenient. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm super happy <laughs> about shortcuts. I'm just, I'm just not concerned, but um, curious to see what happens before WWDC. If now that they have fixed all of the major bugs, will they disappear for six months? 
or we'll, we'll still see some stuff from the Shortcuts team. I don't know. So for me, I would say I use Shortcuts, Shortcuts, as much as I use Workflow, Workflows, right? Like I use them every day, a couple of times a day, but not for like as, not as much as you would use, not even close, right? But the difference for me now compared from Shortcuts to Workflow is if I want to make something... I can do it more often than not, which wasn't the way with workflow because like I have an idea about something I want to do and either a it's a system feature, which is now supported or B third party app has put it in to, for like to, for adoption by the shortcuts app. Right. So I'm finding myself being able to build uh, shortcuts on my own more easily than I could workflows. And with every new feature that they keep coming up with, I use it more and more. Like it's a slow building thing for me and I expect it to continue. You know, like when when I saw shortcuts, I was like, well, this is gonna change everything for me. And I still believe it will, but I now think it will be on a slower time frame than than I initially expected. Like I think it needs con- all of the things that you want, right? And being able to do more things in the background, being able to do things on times will allow me to build mm-hmm. some more interesting stuff than what I can currently build. You know, because I'm still limited to what I will want to access or trigger at any specific point. Um, but my ability to be able to create things on my own has increased. And, and I think that that is probably the most important thing to do first, right? Is like give people the tools to be able to do this stuff and make it easier for them to do it. And then in, then like further continue how hooked into the system it is. I think that's about where I am too. It, it's, it hasn't radically increased my usage of it, but what I can do with it seems easier. Uh, now, one thing I am doing and using quite a bit are the, like the series shortcuts and apps. So things like Overcast to skip a chapter or to go back or in carrot weather it has a bunch of different ones yeah, now yeah and those i really like just to be able to just talk to my phone and get something or an overcast if i'm riding my bike uh be able to just say hey skip this chapter or go back whatever that's just really nice I, I i still think the way apple and third-party developers surface some of that is a little confusing and if you go to like the setting screen just downright overwhelming <laughs> like these are all the last 35 things you could do. I wish some yeah. of that was clearer for, yeah. for average users, but I'm liking that stuff a lot just to not necessarily build a, a shortcut itself, but to just surface little bits of apps from anywhere is pretty handy. Yeah, there is that super weird thing where like an application is like, now with Siri shortcuts, I'm like you would have just, just where, where they exist. Like they're not anywhere, yeah. right? You know the app has them somewhere, but like where is it? Yeah. I wish there was a sort of a universal place to look at all that stuff, like like a directory Apple could keep in settings. Yep. So like these are all the apps you have installed that have Siri shortcut support. These are all the shortcuts that they present to the system. Yep. I think that sort of like index or dictionary somewhere would be really nice. Because you have that thing in settings, right, where like it can show them, but they're no, they don't all work though, right? So like, am I right with that, Federico? Like it is, the developer still has to say, show them all in settings. Like it doesn't automatically work that way. Yeah, it's weird because there are three um, three layers to this. Like, there's yeah. uh, the the recent shortcuts, the relevant shortcuts, and all shortcuts. 
And those are like three separate presentation modes um, that you can access. I think the easiest way is probably that most people tend to forget that it's possible. You need to open settings and scroll to the list of apps, like in the main screen toward the bottom. And each app has a, has a shortcut section where you can view all of the shortcuts they support, not just the recent ones. Because if you go to, to settings, Siri and search shortcuts, you will only see the recently donated ones. Whereas if you go to the app list and you open an individual app, you will see all of the shortcuts that the app supports. I think that's the way it works. Uh, but yeah, it's confusing. And I wish that, um, to your point, Stephen, I wish that there was a way like to to have like grouping by app or new sorting options. Um, I think the current separation of recently used or recently donated and relevant to this moment uh, doesn't doesn't really scale well when you have like a hundred apps installed. And also, yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you guys. Um, have you ever, ever seen an, uh, a Siri shortcut on your lock screen? Never. Me I don't neither. think so. Never. Me never, yeah. never seen one. This is one of the features that, that, that was, uh, you know, hyped at WWDC. And it definitely did work for me at some point this summer because I took screenshots. I talked about it in the review. But then after the final version of iOS shipped, I never got... Uh, shortcut recommendation on the lock screen. On no. the lock screen, I get I them. Checked. I get them in spotlight, right? Like, and sometimes yes, they I are do. actually I what do. I want, which I'm always impressed with, right? When it is actually something I would want, like a URL, like a URL in Safari. It's like, oh, you want to go yeah. to this page? I'm like, yeah, I do. You're right, you know. But like, <laughs> uh, th- th- I've never ever ever seen one on the lock screen. Yeah. Um, and so, some Apple people will tell you, oh, it's because you, you you know you know the system hasn't met the suggestion threshold to push up a shortcut on the lock screen. I don't believe that because uh, I mean I've been using iOS 12 since June, but let's say just the final version. It's been three months. I think you have enough data points to know what I do on my phone, and I'm surprised that I still haven't seen a shortcut on the lock screen. Especially because those are like those shortcuts, those images. They are all over the marketing material for shortcuts in iOS 12. Like getting shortcut recommendations on the lock screen. Those uh, screenshots and photos are everywhere on Apple's website. So, I don't know. Never, never worked for me. Um, uh, What about... um, Are there, like, specific features of the Shortcuts app that you feel like you would need as soon as possible? Not like in June, in six months. Like is that a is that a specific thing that's preventing you from being as efficient as you would like to be with shortcuts? I don't I don't think so. I, I think what, what I really want is like it, it's the third party stuff, right? Like I want what, more what do you mean? I want like every app that I use to be able to donate more things better. So for like for example, my email app, Spark, has terrible shortcut support. Like, it's so bad, right? When, when, like, what I want to see is stuff like, what is my in my inbox right now? Like, what emails have I received today? Like, I would use that quite a lot, but they don't have anything like that, you know? So, for me, I think a lot of what has prevented me from using it more is that a lot of the applications that I use don't... So, like, I had this, this idea in my brain, right, of the things I would be able to build, but what has come to fruition is not what I was looking for. 
Like there's a bunch of super exciting things and interesting things that I can do. But a lot of the third party stuff that I'm doing is like one or two actions. Like I use the overcast one to resume my queue multiple times a day because it's, it mm. works so well because it yeah. works better than anything else, right? Because I could have been listening to music, so I can't press play in control center, but I can always yeah. get it to work with the shortcut. I just say like, oh, hey, telephone, resume overcast, yeah. done. And it just works, right? So stuff like that, fantastic. But like, you know how everybody wanted to build a morning routine? Yeah. Like so many things that I want to do in that, I can't do. Like, for example, if I want if I want to do something like that, I want everything read out to me, right? But like it yeah. won't read to me my calendar appointments. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? I have to look at my phone for that. Well, it's like, well, you know what I mean? I feel like it's it's what it feels like is version one, right? Which it kind of is version one. Like I know workflow existed, but what shortcuts can do to compared to what workflow can do, it's like a completely different thing, right? Like all of the system stuff that it can do, being able to work so tightly with Siri, this is all version one stuff. And I'm hoping that that will improve. And I'm also hoping that I'm hoping that Apple shows the significant changes to it over the next few years to encourage developers to continue working on it. Because mm -hmm. my concern is it will be like iPad apps, right? Everyone did them, and then Apple stopped working on it, and then nobody made anything more than like Flight Control HD, right? Like, mm -hmm. and then it, it took a, like six years. Very specific reference. But it was just like everything was something HD, right? You know, that yeah. was how yeah, yeah. all of the apps began. Everyone was super excited. There was tons of them, and then there was just nothing, right? For mm. like five years until it started up again. And I don't, and I, my, I would feel that like as great as Shortcuts is. If it doesn't get continued support, it will not get its resurgence, right? It will not get a resurgence like the iPad did because Apple isn't selling shortcuts hardware to anybody. So yeah. I, I just hope, um, look, everything I know, everything I believe about the people behind this would suggest to me, and the history that we have seen since September would suggest to me, as you were saying, that this is still being very actively worked on. Like a lot oh, yeah. of the stuff that they've pushed out as bug fixes could just come out in September again, right? Because they have actually been adding features. So, yeah. you know, and also I know that things tend to come out with iOS releases, but not always, right? There's been some updates that have not been part of iOS releases. Um, like they come out at the same time is what I'm saying. Am I right in that? Or have they always come out when some kind of point updates come out? Mm, you mean about apps? Well, the Apple? the uh, the shortcuts app does it always get yep. updated when there is a new version of iOS, or has it ever been updated without there being a new version of iOS to go along with well, it? I think it got updates without without. An yeah, iOS I think update. so too. I mean, it does seem like it's frequently at the same time for reasons that I'm not 100 percent sure, but it, it does feel like that there is also some some bug fixes that come out in the in the interim as well. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know if there's like. I have a stumbling block, like a specific stumbling block. I just think that maybe my my initial excitement was thinking about like a, a, a future world, right? Like it's not the one that we have right now, but there is still more than ample ability for it to get to where I would personally want it to, to end up being. Yeah. And there are features like that, that we mention often, like having folders or... You know, having user interaction in Siri, um, 
or even having like a negative um, framework for apps so mm-hmm. that you don't have to use like X callback and that type of stuff anymore. But really, there are some some like some really big features and and native functionalities that I think need to happen at some point if they you know to to expand the reach of shortcuts beyond people who were already familiar with workflow stuff like having the these automatic triggers to run a shortcut yeah. when when it's a specific time of the day or or a location or an alarm is triggered in calendar so those those kinds of triggers um so and you also like, we were talking about like uh, an actions focused um home screen right we were talking about yeah. that a couple of weeks ago right and and because you you built your your incredible um icon launching thing right mm-hmm. i spent some time playing around with it and i found myself being frustrated so like i set up a couple of like actions as if like one was like a new Todoist and one was like a, what's going on today right so it would show me my calendar and show me my uh Todoist, like what's happening today in Todoist. but every time i press them like the shortcuts app would open and then it would fire something else and it's just like this is clunky like i don't like it it's 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 not what i want like what i want is just to tap it and just see the ui that to do is built for this that shows in Siri, right? Like, or, or it takes me right to where I want it to be. Like, I don't, I don't want it to open shortcuts and run the shortcut like that. I had this like grand idea of like, oh, what if I rebuilt my entire iPhone around actions and then was turned off by the fact that it was just, I know I would get really frustrated with the clunkiness over time. So like what I, what I really want, the biggest things that I want from shortcuts now is to not have to see the shortcuts app except for when I'm building shortcuts. Mm, right. So like that's a good point. The system yeah. should suggest them to me better. I should be able to add them to my home screen and like all of this stuff. Like I want to be a, they should be able to run on timers. They should be able to, you know, do all all kinds of wonderful things without me needing to see the shortcuts app every time. Like to me, yeah. the shortcuts app is the building tool. That's yeah. pretty much all I want it to be. It's like uh, it's like if every time you wanted to get somewhere, you would need to look at the engine of your car working. No, you, <laughs> you, just you like, don't... <laughs> yep, if I go to the store, okay, yep, yep, the carburetors are firing, here we go. <laughs> exactly. And and like I could see like a home screen where you can add a shortcut. And by the way, Apple should totally get rid of of the system that I'm that I'm exploiting with with my shortcut mm-hmm. to to save web clip web clip icons to the home screen. That's I'm gonna a, say ugly... that they probably will now that you've done uh, what you've yes. done. Is my feeling? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you've um, exposed the engine. Um, but but uh, like I could see like for example you have you add shortcuts to your home screen and you have a shortcut that presents you with with an image and so you you, you tap a shortcut and you see like a quick look come up with a with a photo like a specific photo or a specific mm-hmm. document without having to see shortcuts launching and running step one step through and you know all those actions or like. Maybe you have a, a custom shortcut that puts together a bunch of data from different places, like a morning routine, for example, and you add it to the home screen and you tap it and you and you see just the result of yep. that shortcut, yep. not all of the steps. Like yep. that would be amazing. Uh, but that's a very good point of like, I don't need to see the building blocks every time. I just want to see the result. Uh, and because right now, I mean, we're, we're, we basically have... Um, a different version of what was in workflow. So this this uh, workaround of adding web apps to the home screen—that's what it is. Um, there should be a native solution to do this. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I find myself like about ninety. I would say about seventy-five percent of the of the shortcuts that I run um, are being triggered from the uh, widget because in mm-hmm. when you tap something in the widget, a lot of it can run without you having to look at it. So, like, I have some workflows. Shortcuts, I should say, sorry. That if I run from any place other than in the widget, I have to watch it happen. But in the widget, I don't have to watch it happen. Like, it will just, it just does its thing yeah. for me. And and that is how I wished it was in, in more places. So, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, again, like, it's as I say every time. If you work on iOS, you need this app and you need it more than you think you need it. Mm. Like, it, Can- it bridges so many important gaps, but there's still room to grow. Can I can I say something quick for two minutes? Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with all these websites that have popped up, like Routine Hub, for example. Uh, these sort of um, third-party websites that aggregate shortcuts made by other people. Um, and I've seen this trend, especially on on the shortcut subreddit, of um, adding a lot of custom actions. To, to a shortcut that you share with people to, for example, to support versioning and auto-updates and, like, contacting a server to download the latest version of a shortcut. Like, adding all of these, um, like, dependencies, essentially, um, to a shortcut uh, just to make sure that it works with these websites and that it supports auto-updates and stuff like that. And why I appreciate what, for example, I don't want to call out the folks at Routine Hub specifically. They're doing an excellent job aggregating shortcuts. But personally, I don't like, and that's why that's the reason why I don't use it. People have been, have been asking, like, why don't you put this this code in your shortcuts? I I don't like the idea of making a shortcut for people and sharing the link. And before and and you're not able to understand what the shortcut does because before you get to the actual shortcut, you see twenty actions that are meant to like create a folder in your iCloud drive to save a configuration yeah, no file no, to save you. references. I don't want to do that. I don't no. want to do that to my readers. I don't want to do that to everybody who follows me on Twitter. Um, and also, I've seen many times um, some questionable choices in terms of like pinging a remote server to download configuration files. Um, so my advice would be, if you share a shortcut with a lot of people, don't add this custom code. Wait for Apple to ship a native feature. Yes, I know that it sucks that shortcuts do not support auto-updates. Um, you can share them on these websites without having to add any custom code. But also be mindful whenever you come across these long shortcuts, be mindful of the remote calls that they are making to servers that are not your own. Um, these shortcuts, they cannot, I mean, they cannot steal your data. Why, or why, why like would that. a shortcut need to do this? Uh, for example, if you, uh, if you host a JSON file for configuration of the shortcut remotely, uh, every time the shortcut runs, it could download... Uh, the latest content of the JSON file from your server. But, uh, okay, yeah, but like, what what do you need that for, though? Like, what kind uh, of shortcuts? In- you- uh, for example, to 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 see how certain preferences are set on on the uh, on the user's device for that specific shortcut. Um, uh, I've seen shortcuts, for example, that um, that. Um, 
need to talk to a server before continuing because they need to make sure that you have the latest version installed or that you that, like they need to check if you install the shortcut correctly, for example. And, and I've seen shortcut that, shortcuts that like create five folders in iCloud Drive and store like dozens of text files just for configuration purposes, just to support auto-update and auto-checking every time the shortcut runs. Right. I understand why people do this. I don't like it. And, and I don't like the idea of uh, every time the shortcut runs, it talks to a server that is not specifically mentioned in the description of the shortcut or in the comments of the shortcut. Uh, and for example, you may, you may think that you're just, I don't know, using a shortcut that you pick a photo and you add, I don't know, a frame to the photo, but then you end up in a situation where that photo is also uploaded to a server. Like, be mindful of the shortcuts that you download and always look at them. And that is why I always leave comments and why I always explain the shortcuts that I make because I want to, you know, make sure that people understand what they're using on their devices. That's super weird. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I've never <laughs> even heard of this. Like, oh, yeah. And again, like... Yeah. I. I'm still not even sure I know why <laughs> why it they needs are, to be done. Most most people are trying to compensate for the fact that uh, when you share a shortcut, that's it. That's the version that you shared. If you make a change to the shortcut that you share with people, then you gotta go, you gotta go to those people and say, "Oh, I have a new version. You should remove the first one and install this new one because I fixed something." Right. I have a website to do this. I have a Twitter account with a bunch of followers. Most people on Reddit, they don't want to do this because they don't have a website or don't have an right, audience. Right, and so okay. they embed this code in the shortcut that every time it runs, it checks if there's a new version, which means you're hosting this code somewhere else because it needs to check. Um, I really don't like it. I really, I understand why people do it, but please find some other way that is not embedding uh, 20 actions or even five actions is just uh, my advice for people is that while you may think that it's a good idea now and adding this kind of third-party dependency to your shortcut is not something that you really think about it very carefully because this is a common problem i guess for 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 programming in general adding a a third-party dependency to your code Uh, and it's essentially the same thing in shortcuts at this point um because you don't want to be in a situation where, you know, you make a shortcut, you're really proud of it, and then in six months it's no longer working because the third-party service that you trusted for auto-updates is no longer, is no longer exists. And so now you got to go back and change your shortcuts uh, six, yeah. six, month, six months later. Don't you do have introduced me to a world that I had no idea existed. Oh, yeah. That's a, so interesting to me. I had no idea people were doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Luna Display. If you have a Mac and an iPad, listen up, because this is something that is missing from your setup. It's something that could change the way that you interact with your devices every day. It's Luna Display. So Luna have given me a taste of the future. I'm so excited for when my Mac Mini arrives that I will be able to use my iPad with my Mac Mini all the time. Being able to use your iPad as a wireless display for your Mac is what the Luna Display is all about. You can connect over Wi-Fi or even USB, and boom. screen real estate available to you whenever you want it you just plug in a little piece of hardware into your mac a little dongle straight from the uh, apartment complex of dongle town it's right there for you it's tiny it's very small it's very easy and you'll be able to connect whenever you want you can have multiple screens when you travel you don't have to lug around an external monitor because who would want to do that right like you're going to get on a train today with a 
27-inch monitor under your arm. That doesn't make any sense. Use your iPad and your laptop. They're already there. You've got them whenever you need them. It's super easy to set up. The apps are really easy to install, and then you'll be able to get everything whenever you want it. I'm, I'm very excited about being able to be like, oh, man, I need my Mac for this one thing, and I can just go in and just use it whenever I want. Super simple. I haven't got to come and turn everything on again. I love it. I'm very, very excited about this. I know that you're going to want one of these things. You've got to go check it out right now. Go to lunadisplay.com. That's L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com. When you're there, use the promo code CONNECTED at checkout to get 10% off. That's lunadisplay.com, promo code CONNECTED at checkout. I've also been very excited for people that have been buying these things and have been sending me like screenshots and stuff of like interesting things that you could do. Like, like somebody sent me um, like a, a, a iOS video the other day. They were like on their Mac and they airdropped an image to themselves, right? Which is just like, oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting because airdrop will still work because it's on the Mac. It's like it's super clever stuff. So this is really awesome. Um, our thanks to Lunar Display for their support of this show and Relay FM. I got to tell you about the sponsor. I was so happy. With the, with the Luna unit that they sent me a few months ago. It was a mini display port unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked so well that I just bought like two days ago. I bought a USB-C version I that did, I'm waiting. I, did the uh, exact I am waiting at this point did for the my exact Mac same thing. You know <laughs> what I want to do? <laughs> I want to I wanna tr- see if it's possible that I keep the Luna always plugged into the Mac Mini. I use Mac OS from my iPad when I need it. Mm-hmm. But then if I want a bigger screen, I will, I will mirror the iPad running Luna to the ultra fine. I want to see what happens. <laughs> The Mac Mini sitting next to the monitor, but yet it's going through the iPad. All right, man, you do you. Like, I'm sure it's possible. That is something that I want to try. But yes, go get a Luna display. It's excellent. Talking about interesting ways to access things, Apple Music is coming to the Amazon Echo. Hmm. Okay. Are you happy? Still using the Echo? Well, I mean, I still have them. I don't listen to music on my on my Echo. Okay. This is interesting. I mean, I would love a little bit more information. Uh, it seems like we're going to have to wait. So, like, it's not completely clear right now. Launch on December 17th. It's not completely clear right now whether this is a skill the abil- or you'll have the ability to set it as a default music okay. service. Okay. So, um, uh, I also wondered this publicly. And people, because it was public, people got in touch with me and said mm-hmm. the title, you know, the... The the Jay Z music service. What was um, what is titles also, thing? Isn't it like uncompressed? Isn't that their thing? They have a thing, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. The the thing is lossless. Um, lossless. That's it. Audio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Um, they launched. They also launched a skill for the Echo. I think a couple of weeks ago, but it can apparently be used uh, once a skill is installed. It can be used as a default music service. So I think it works this way. Once you install the skill, it becomes an option in the right in the device settings for um, music service. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And I'm assuming, I'm just going to assume, because I don't think this could even remotely be possible, that it would be possible for me to play songs on my own bottom mammals and Echo at the same time, right? Like, I wouldn't uh, be able, like with a Sonos, like I wouldn't be able to use multi-room. That doesn't seem possible, right? That's not possible. Probably not. Um, uh, no, I okay. severely doubt yeah. it, right? Because like, yeah, that I I just it just popped into my head, but no, that would I can't imagine it being possible. So uh, you wouldn't need a system like Spotify Connect, which is really yeah, really which, good, but Apple yeah, doesn't, but Apple doesn't, doesn't have. have. It. I will finally be able to cancel my Spotify account now. I kind of forgot that I had one. Um, 
because I never <laughs> use music on, on my Echo anymore, right? That's why I had it, because Amazon Music's library service is not very good. Like, it, it, does, it has, doesn't have a lot of what I'm looking for, but Spotify did. So when I was using the Echo for stuff, I would have Spotify and would use that. Um, but now I have the HomePods, and I'm very happy with the HomePods. I just happy music. Um, Apple Music also exists on Android. I saw a report, like a, a news story, that they're going to actually create a tablet, a, a Amazon, an Android tablet version of Apple Music. Yeah. This is interesting, right? Like, it's weird. Like, it feels super weird, but I guess this is like Apple, the services company, right? Like, this is what they have to do if they want to be a services company. It's a very. It's a very different Apple in that we're not used to see Apple allow its software to run on hardware from other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, and, and, it, and it still remains strange in that you see this other company write a blog post about it and so and say we worked with apple but apple is silent and it's like yeah i found that super never weird. happened that was um, one of the reasons why i was wondering if it was just like a skill that amazon built right <laughs> and they're just like haha we're using the api what are you gonna do right but uh, no, I, mean, like, I, I, this, I can't imagine that amazon would even attempt to do that without telling I, apple first I, I don't think that that amazon just signed up for an apple developer account and be like let's build an apple music skill <laughs> and write a blog post about wouldn't it wouldn't that be the greatest shade though Right, because what could Apple do about it at that point? Right, it's like, haha, everyone knows about it now. Don't shut us down. No, but because you need to log in with your Apple Music account, I think uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's possible to build a third-party skill. I don't know. Uh, but it's strange because we're we're gonna see this more and more, and especially I think with the TV service. Um, now that we have you know Apple Music on Android and Apple Music on on the Echo. Why not have Apple TV if it's going to be called, you know, the service, Apple TV, the service, mm-hmm. if it's going to be called Apple TV, that's, uh, you know, Jason Snell's theory that it's going to be called Apple TV. Um, why not have Apple TV installed on, I don't know, WebOS televisions or Samsung televisions? I mean, why not? If, you're, if, if this is a service and by definition, a service is something that needs to reach as many people as possible to provide the service, um, why not have it on multiple devices that are not just, um, you know, the, the Apple TV overpriced pack that you need to buy in an Apple store? Um, I think we're going to see this more and more for services. And it creates this weird contrast uh, between the same company that makes, you know, the iPhone and, and, and iOS, this, this lockdown platform where, you know, everything is curated in theory and, and, and Apple approves the kind of software that runs on these devices and the same company that needs to make money off of services. And so they're making um, skills and integrations for Android and for Amazon and maybe for TVs going forward. It's a very interesting contrast. And I don't know how I feel about it, but it's going to be interesting to observe. I think it's just a an inev- inevitable move. It is weird because if you look at like the previous iteration, of this was iTunes, right? And iTunes and the iPod had a very symbiotic relationship, and the iPod got big when Apple put iTunes on Windows. Steve Jobs stood in front of a slide that said, hell froze over. (laughs) Just a great Steve Jobs keynote slide. This is a little bit different. Then it was about selling hardware in the iPod, and then selling music through iTunes was to feed the iPod. 
Now it feels like it's a little bit different. You can buy a HomePod, but they really want you to be an Apple Music subscriber. But there's still that that relationship between the hardware and the service. The difference now is that the service is in the driver's seat. And so if you look at it that way, it makes sense for them to be on the Echo. I think there are a lot of Apple customers with Amazon Echoes, right? It's sort of like people who buy iPhones and have Apple Music, like they're going to spend money on voice assistants for their home. It, it makes sense. It's weird, but I see why they've done it. Uh, the same reason I think that Apple Music will continue to exist on Android, uh, why I think that they need a better web client for Apple Music, why they need a better Mac client for Apple Music, because it's, it's stuck inside iTunes, which is a horrible place to be. But I, I think we're going to see more and more of this as Apple shifts at least part of its business to services revenue. Stuff like this will become more and more obvious over time. This one seems like a little weird, right? Like, are they gonna put Apple Music on Google Home? I mean, why not? Right, like, there's just something about like Apple Music on the Amazon Echo, like that. That whole thing seems peculiar to me. Like, it just, uh, I, you know, I know that Amazon is now trying to pitch their stuff as more of a music-focused thing, right? They have more like musically capable products now. I don't, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I wonder is like, is this part of a bigger thing, which includes Apple TV going to Amazon Fire TV sticks, right? Like it's like, it's like a mm-hmm. whole big thing, you know, like mm-hmm. each company's coming to the table with a thing they want to achieve, right? Like Amazon want Apple Music, right? And then maybe Apple want Apple TV on Amazon's products, right? Like you never know how these things actually go in the background. Like I tend to believe that a lot of these moves are part of like much, much bigger things that ever, and it's like, this is just the stuff that we see publicly it's all house of cards back there you know um but i yeah it's just it's 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 interesting right like you you bring up the itunes on windows it's like is that the only example of this other than apple music of like software that apple makes for other platforms Mm. i can't think of anything else i mean there's icloud sync and stuff on windows that's been there a long time but that's about it. I mean, they had Apple Works right. on the PC a long time ago. <laughs> Does that count? I don't think they make anything for Linux. Um, what you're saying is it's the year of Apple yeah, Music on, on Linux yeah, on, the on, desktop. Linux on the desktop. Uh, not um, Linux laptops, just Linux on the desktop. They won't make yeah, it for yeah. laptops. I wonder if this is going to be US only. How long is it going to be US only for? Like, I have. Mm. Oh yeah. This is going to be one of those things where Apple, like every other company in the world, didn't know that they had to go through a different process for submitting to international Amazon stores. Mm-hmm. So, like, the skills in the UK have to be submitted separately to the skills in the US. Yep. Uh, this happens all the time, um, and I it's, have no um, doubt that's going to be a problem. It's it's interesting to consider the. Um where sort of the power lies in this uh, relationship. Uh, Apple needs Amazon more than Amazon needs to be on the HomePod. That's what I see here. Um, Apple Music needs to be on the Echo because Apple wants to be on the Echo more than Amazon wants to have Amazon Music uh, on the HomePod. And it's, uh, you know, Apple can play, you know, can can be, you know, the company that doesn't comment on these. They they haven't announced anything on their own, you know, through their own channels and probably won't. Uh, I I would be surprised to see a Phil Schiller tweet or maybe an Eddie Q tweet. Maybe Eddie will tweet about it. He's the kind of guy who's going to... You don't think it might show up on the newsroom? 
Mm, no, no. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It would be really strange to see an Amazon product mentioned on Apple.com. I don't know. Um, but Apple needs to be on the Echo because, because more people have the Echo and it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a chance to expose Apple Music to a, to a big audience. And so uh, I think it's very fascinating that uh, you know, Apple is in this situation at this point. And they will be when they want to launch their TV service because um, they're going to face some competition. And again, uh, listeners are connected who, uh, you know, don't, don't usually follow this kind of news. You should go listen to the Upstream segment on Upgrade, which is uh, the podcast by Mike and Jason because they do an excellent job describing this, uh, land- this media landscape these days. Um, I don't know. I feel like Apple needs to be on the Echo, but they don't want to comment on this integration. And we will see more and more of this stuff over the next few years. Um, but it feels... I, I'm with you. It feels strange. There's something strange about it. So I just went poking around the Apple's website. And like on the music page, on features, they say, mm-hmm. Apple Music plays on all of your devices, and it has PC, Android, and Sonos listed there. So you would expect to see in a couple of weeks that will also say Mm. Amazon Echo products, right? Okay. So and will they say so you can ask Alexa (laughs) to play your now? You see, I'm assuming not, right? Like I feel like that might be a bridge too far. Like I don't want to mention that. Will they speak the unspeakable name (laughs) on Apple.com? God, that would be so interesting. You, she you, I tell must you what, not be named. <laughs> if they have anything like that, that's how you know Amazon are in the driving seat of this one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If the if the word Alexa is listed on any Apple.com page, <laughs> like, I would be surprised if it even made it to a support document. I mean, there, there has to be a support document somewhere. They have support documents for Android, for Sonos, I think. No one reads uh, those but me. So It's fine. Steven reads them, so... Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. In the, so also weird. Starting the week of December seventeen, is this going to be like a staged rollout of Probably. some kind? That just some. Yeah. yeah. It'll show up. Yeah. In that, your... That's how it ends up. Like yeah, Europe in like January twenty twenty four. I think even the U.S. So it's just it, uh, Amazon has done that before with new features. They sort of show up in the helper app on iOS, not for everybody at the same time. So I think it'll be right. over right. a couple of days. You'll get it or you won't, and then you'll have it later. I'm looking forward to trying this out. I only have one Amazon Echo left now that now that we have two HomePods and <laughs> slowly overtaking the Echo. I was paying for the Amazon streaming music service deal that you could hook up to the Echo that was better than the free one. And I've canceled that. I'll put Apple Music on that Echo and probably that Echo is going to get replaced by HomePod at some point next time I can get one less than Apple's ridiculous asking price. But I... I think this is a smart move on Apple's part, and I'm I'm glad to see them do it. I'm glad to see them be able to shed the idea that everything they have to do is filter through hardware, that if they want their services to grow, they need to decouple it from actual objects they sell. And that's exciting. It's a, it's a change, but it's, I think, a, a positive one. Well, I think that does it for this week, gentlemen. All right. If you want to find links to stuff we talked about this week, you can head over to our website, relay.fm slash connected slash 221. While you're there, you can send us an email with any feedback or follow-up. You can do that on Twitter as well. 
Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike is the host of a bunch of great shows here at Relay.fm. You go check some other uh, fine programming out. You can find Federico on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can find me there as ISMH, and I write 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Away, Pingdom, and Luna Display. And until next week, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Super one quick thing. Uh, I would like to add my congratulations to you, Stephen, on joining Mac Power Users. Um, Federico said everything I would have wanted to say last week, but I'm very, very excited. Um, it's, Katie has been uh, wonderful, and you know we're sorry to see her go, but I'm excited to see what you bring to that show as well. So cheerio. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, adios.